Hey Bridge family, what's going on? We're so, so glad that you joined us today for Church Online here at the Bridge. It's going to be a great day. We have a great service planned. First and foremost, we want to say thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, this service is for the whole family. So if you've got your kids there, this is the perfect time to get them set up for their service. You can do that in one of two ways. Either you could go to thebridgechurch.tv slash kids or go to the Bridge Kids Facebook page. Also, we want to see your at-home setup. Maybe in your living room, your backyard, your family room. Tag us on Instagram and Facebook. And hey, send this link, share this page to the people in your world. That's right. We want to invite as many people as possible to be a part of the service and have an experience with God for themselves. But many of you are already a part of Bridge Family, and we want to keep you up to date with what's going on in church life. So here are a few things that we want you to know about that you can be a part of in the days to come. Hey, Bridge Youth, every single Wednesday we are online on YouTube at 7 p.m. The services have been absolutely amazing. In this season, we want to stay connected, and it's so easy to be disconnected. So stay connected. Uh, Follow us on social media, at Bridge, YTH underscore. You don't want to miss out on anything going on in the life of our youth ministry. Yes, and we also want to keep you informed about the ways that the Bridge Church is doing outreach during this season. People ask, what are we doing to reach people in our community right now? Well, if you did not know, community care happens every single Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We have drive-through food distribution. This is for anyone in need. If you are in need of food assistance right now, we welcome you to come and be a part of distribution at community care right here at our church building in the back of the building. Again, it's a drive-through style thing, so you can just swing on through. Our team is there to meet you and help you out. We want to make sure that you have the things that you need during this season. Yeah, at Bridge Church, we have some very, very exciting news. This fall, we will be launching a school of ministry. Yes. This is a 10-month program kicking off September 26th. You might be asking, who's this program for? This program's for anybody who maybe feels called to ministry. You want to get to know ministry, the life of the church, or maybe you want to take 10 months to experience God and discover what your life's purpose is. Yes. This program is for you. There will be a ministry experience, hands-on, also be Bible courses, ministry classes. It's going to be absolutely amazing. If you're interested, visit the website or check it out on the Bridge Church app. We are so stoked on this. Yes, we are very excited about our school of ministry and we hope that if you are thinking about getting into ministry, that this will be your next step here at the Bridge Church. And the last thing we want to tell you about is that tonight at 6 p.m., our outdoor service is happening here at the church. It's outside, out front, on the plaza, and we would love for you and your family to be here and be a part of it. If you have not been to one of these evenings, they are so much fun. You get to see your church family. And you might be wondering, is there enough space for me to spread out and have some distance with me yes. and my household? What about the heat? It's been hot lately. Is there enough shade? Yes, yes, and however many yeses you need to hear, yes to those questions. There's plenty of space for you and your family and your household. There's plenty of space for you to have shade and be cool. If you want to bring your lawn chairs, your blankets, if you need to bring things to keep your kids entertained for the time that the service is happening, you are welcome to do that. These services are for you and the whole family, and we would love to see you tonight on the plaza at 6 p.m. Hey, if this is your first time here with us at The Bridge online, we want to connect with you. Hey, if you have any questions, you need information, go to the website, and wherever you're watching from, you should see a connect tab right there. 
click that, fill out a digital connect card, and we would love to connect you here in the life of the Bridge Church. That's right, and you can also stay up to date with everything that's going on here at the Bridge, as well as get that digital connect card by going and downloading the Bridge app. If you don't yet have it, you can text the keywords, the Bridge Church space app to 779 and you will get the link to download the app and stay up to date with everything that's going on because we want to keep you connected here at The Bridge. We're so thankful that you have joined us for Church Online today. We hope that you'll gather your family, stand to your feet. Let's lift our hands, let's lift our voices, and let's worship God right now together. Let's worship. Good morning and welcome to Bridge Church Online. As we worship together, let's set aside all distractions and cares of this world as we focus our attention on Jesus. He alone is greater than whatever you may be facing today. There's nothing he can't do. Let's sing just one word. You come the storm that surrounds me. Just one word. The darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that a God can't do, there's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name. i 
church as we were singing that song. The bridge just stuck out to me so much. It speaks of somebody who's feeling lost. We're living in a season of a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of stresses, a lot of pressures around us. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you feel like you're wandering around. Maybe some old habits that you thought were long gone have started to creep back into your life. Maybe some temptations have come your way and you feel broken. I just want to let you know that we serve a God who takes our brokenness and turns it into something beautiful. But here's the catch. We have to surrender to him. We have to allow him to come in and breathe life, breathe hope, breathe joy, breathe peace. So as we take a moment to pray, if there's something that you're facing, if you feel lost or broken, something's going on in your life, let's lift that up to the Lord because he is our defender. God, I thank you for being so incredibly faithful I thank you for being greater and bigger than anything that we have ever done, any mistake, that you are greater than our weaknesses. You are greater than our temptations. You are greater than our struggles. And it's by your grace, by your mercy, that we stand up with our heads lifted high because you are our defender. You have gone before us and you have won the victory. So right now, those things that we are facing, we lift those to you and we declare victory in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, amen. Hey church, there is nothing better than worshiping God together as a church family. And right now we're going to continue that worship by giving God our tithes and our offerings. And as we do that, I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving, especially during a difficult season. Even during this difficult season that we've been walking through, you have been generous and you have been faithful. And I want to say on behalf of our staff and our pastors, thank you so much for continuing the work of the church here in this community. One of the ways that we've done it, like we talked about earlier, was through community care. Yesterday, we were able to have our back to school bash event, and it was different this year as we gave away in a drive through fashion hundreds of backpacks to students in need. And we were so fortunate to be able to bless them because they still need school supplies and backpacks even in virtual learning. So because of your generosity and your faithfulness, we were able to meet so many needs and we are grateful. If you'd like to still contribute to what we did at Back to School Bash, you can designate your offering to Community Care by giving through the Bridge Church app or on our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Before we get into the message one more time, I just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and for your generosity. God is faithful. You have responded faithfully. And as a church, we are moving forward in strength. Here's Pastor Gary with the message for today. Good morning, Bridge Church, and thank you so much for joining us for Sunday morning at the Bridge. And as we've been saying every week, thank you for making your house God's house today. This morning, I want to share from two or three passages of scripture 
I'll be referring to several other verses. You might want to look them up later. I encourage you to follow along when I read these verses because I think God's really going to speak some things to us today about our walk with Him. You know, oftentimes you'll hear me say that God has better plans for you than you have for yourself. Literally, God has a better life for you than you could ever build without His help. And God wants to lead us into that life, that full, complete, abundant life. And today we're going to look at probably the greatest key to having that kind of life. The message today is simply titled, My Cross. My Cross. As we study the life of Jesus, we find that Jesus gave everything. He committed all that he had, all that he was. He committed everything, all of himself, for our sake. That's pretty obvious. And as you read scripture and realize all he provides for us in this life, it's amazing how much God has provided through his son Jesus. But as you study the teachings of Jesus, you also find that Jesus shared some really strong words about the commitment he wants from us. He committed everything he had to us and he asks us to commit our lives to him. And you know, if you look at the ministry of Jesus, it seems that from time to time he would draw these huge crowds. But every time he drew a huge crowd and the crowd kept building and building and growing, Jesus would share a principle about discipleship and commitment that would cause the looky-loos to fall off. Those who were following for wrong reasons, they would turn and walk away. And you know, so I think sometimes in, in Christianity, there are a lot of people who will follow Jesus because they want all the good, but they never realize God's looking for a commitment from our lives to Him. We're going to discuss this today. I'm going to be reading in just a few minutes from Luke 19, uh, pardon me, Luke chapter 9. And in Luke 9, I want to set it up for you today because Jesus illustrated commitment by using a cross. Jesus illustrated commitment by using a cross, a very personal cross. In this story in Luke 9, before I read the verses I want you to notice, let me, let me set it up for you. There's really three parts to this story. In the first part, Jesus asked his disciples one day, what's public opinion about me? Who do people say I am? And they said, well, some say you're an Old Testament prophet raised from the dead. Some say you're Elijah raised from the dead. Some say you're John the Baptist raised up. And then Jesus said, well, let me go a little further and let me make this personal with you. Who do you say that I am? And of course, Peter utters those famous words. He says, you're the Christ of God. You're the Messiah. You are the very Son of God. You're the one we've been looking for and waiting for for hundreds of years. You've arrived on the scene. You are the Christ, the Son of God. I think this morning, as we begin to think about what God's done for us, what God wants to do for us, 
and what he wants to do through our lives, as we're talking about commitment today, I think we need to start right here where Jesus had this discussion with the disciples and ask ourselves the question, who do I say Jesus is? In my life, who is Jesus? Who do I believe he is? Who am I allowing him to be? What am I allowing him to do? Who is Jesus? Who do I really believe Jesus is? And then as, as soon as Peter gave him this response, he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus turns to the disciples and he says to them, don't go telling everybody about this. Peter got it right. He, he said it right. He, he's recognized me. He knows who I am. You need to understand this is who I am. But don't go talking about this to everybody. Don't go blowing the trumpets and making a lot of noise because there's something that lies ahead of me. And Jesus moves into the second part of this conversation. And Jesus said, God's called me to accomplish something. God's given me a, a purpose here. And Jesus said, in this purpose, it's going to lead to my death and then my resurrection. Jesus said, my purpose is a cross. My purpose is a cross. What God sent me to do, Jesus said, I have a cross. I have a purpose to carry. And God has an exact timing for it. So be careful about what you say to people because we have to walk in step with God and fulfill this mission. I have to carry this cross in God's timing. And then he goes to the third part of the conversation. I want you to read with me in Luke chapter 9. We're going to begin at verse number 23. And then Jesus said to them all. I love those words. Jesus said to them all, to all the disciples, all of those who wanted to follow him, he didn't exclude anyone. Everyone who had a heart for God, he said, I say to all of you, notice his words, if anyone desires, if anyone. First he says to all the followers and then he makes it personal and says, if any one of you desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Well, there's a lot that's said there. You know, Jesus said, if you really want to come after me, you need to deny yourself. The word deny there literally means disown. The earthly identity, what you were raised to be, what you were told you were, what you were told you're going to do with your life, all that you thought you could do and could accomplish. Jesus said you need to lay it down and walk away from it and disown it. And pick up your cross. Pick up God's purpose, God's identity for your life and then follow my example goes on to say in, in verse 24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. It's quite a paradox there. 
If you try and save your own identity, in the end you lose everything. But if you lay it all down now, you will find everything, not just in this world and in this life, but in the world and the life to come. Go one more verse, verse number 25. Then Jesus asked this question, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Think about that. Jesus said, what good does it do you to develop your own identity and live this whole life doing what you want and get to the end and it all stops there and you lose eternity? What good is that? What have you gained? Big question. You know, Jesus said, I have a cross to carry and so do you. I have a purpose. I have a calling on my life. And if you've never heard it before, I want you to hear it from me today. God has a calling, a purpose, a life, a cross designed just for you. Jesus' purpose was a Roman cross. Our purpose today won't be that same kind of death. It won't be that same kind of purpose. We don't need to do for him what he's already done for us. But we need to find what is it God has created me for. What is my cross? You know, Jesus spoke about two different kinds of lives. He said, he said there's this self-centered life. There's this life where you can go out and say, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to accomplish this, and I'm going to build this, and I'm going to grow this, and I'm going to do this and this and this. I'm going to accomplish all these great things. But Jesus said it's, a, it's an empty life because it's temporary. There's no eternal value to it. And he said there's a, another kind of life. It's a God-centered life. It's the life for which God created me. It's a life of purpose. It's a life of value. It's a life of fulfillment. It's a life where all along the way, God is using me to make a difference in other people's lives. And I know that eternal fruit is being produced through my life. Some people think, well, that, that's the pastor's job. That's the pastor's calling. No, we all fit into a calling that is shaped just for us. If I want my true God-designed identity, I've got to be willing to lay down and disown my own personal identity. Jesus calls to each of us today If you're listening, the call of Jesus is take up your cross and follow me. Take up the cross, the purpose God's created for you and follow me. Jesus talked more about this cross, this purpose. Luke 14, Jesus said, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. He also said in Matthew 10, he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. 
See, he's given us life abundant, life eternal. But we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to use his blessings to bless others. As I study through scriptures, especially in the New Testament, I don't think there's anyone who exemplifies these principles more than the Apostle Paul. I want to take just a a minute and talk about Paul and the amazing conversion that took place in his life. You see, Paul was a young man who was raised and steeped in the Jewish religion and Jewish traditions. His name originally was Saul, a very Jewish name, very common name, going way back to Old Testament days. This man, Saul, as he was known, grew up not only in the Jewish traditions and Jewish religion, he began to advance in the religion. He became a leader in the Jewish religion. They had great high hopes for him. He was going to be one of the greatest Jewish leaders of all time. He was growing and growing and growing and he gained more power and more authority in the religion. But he also lived in the time of the early church just after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And Paul, Saul if you will, decided he was going to kill the church, stop the church, bring an end to the church. He was responsible for traveling around the country and having Christians thrown in prison. Yes, in some cases, he was involved with the death, the martyrdom of Christians. He thought he was on a crusade for God. He thought he had a purpose that was God's purpose for his life. But one day, the sincerity of his heart and all that he was pouring into those missions all came to a moment of change when suddenly a light from heaven hit him. It blinded him. He began to hear a voice saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul, being blinded, looked around and couldn't see anyone. He said, who are you who's persecuting me? Jesus said, it's me. It's Jesus. The one that you are fighting against. It's me. Paul's life totally changed. He had an encounter with God where everything shifted 180 degrees in a different direction. And Paul spent the rest of his life preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he had a calling that God put on his life to go beyond the nation of Israel, to go to most of the then known world and plant churches and raise up leaders in the church. He spent the rest of his life doing that. It's an amazing story. But the the thing that catches my attention about the Apostle Paul is how he was willing to lay down one life to pick up a different life. To lay down an identity that had been passed on to him, lay it all down, forsake it, walk away, and pick up a brand new identity from God. A new life, a new purpose, a new calling. Perhaps the greatest persecutor of the church became the greatest ambassador for the church. It's quite a thought. The greatest persecutor became the greatest ambassador for the church. You look at his name change 
Saul, this very Jewish name and this Jewish identity. He laid it all down. He forsook it and became known as Paul, a very Gentile name. But it aligned with his calling. It aligned with the cross to which he had been called. And he said, I'll walk away from the life of Saul to pick up the life, the new life that God has for me. You can now call me Paul. I'll carry my cross. Later on in his life, Paul had been arrested and he was taking on, uh, had been taken on a journey headed to Rome where he would eventually face his martyrdom and his death. But on the journey, a part of the process, Acts 26, you'll find the story. Paul was taken before a man known as King Agrippa. And I won't get into the, the history of it. It doesn't matter in this message. But Paul was taken before King Agrippa and asked about why the Jews hated him and why they wanted to destroy him and why they wanted him killed. And Paul had an opportunity as he stood before King Agrippa to tell his life story to tell about his conversion, to tell about that light that blinded him and then how his eyes had been opened and how he realized God had a mission, a calling, a cross for him to carry. And he said, I've spent my entire life going to Gentiles, going to other cities, other nations, proclaiming the name, the gospel, the grace of Jesus Christ. And he says the most amazing thing as he, he talks there. He says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. You can read it in Acts 26, verse 19. Paul tells King Agrippa, I wasn't disobedient. God called me to a cross. And now I'm nearing the end of my life. And I know I'm on this journey and I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to die before long because of my faith. But I'm carrying my cross and I'm going to finish the race, the course to which God has called me. What Paul said was, Jesus carried a cross for my sake. I'm going to carry my cross for his sake. Amazing words. As I study scripture, I realize that God has a calling, a purpose. He has a cross. He has a life designed for each and every one of us. Uh, you know, you're looking around the room right now thinking, who's he talking to? I'm talking to you. God has a life designed just for you. Jesus' call to his people has never changed. It's still the same. Take up your cross and follow me. Maybe today when I hear the call of Jesus, maybe my response should be, what is my cross? I want to know what my cross is. I want to know what my calling is. I want to know the life that God's called me to. I don't want to miss any of it. I want to fulfill all of it. I want to be everything that God's called me to be. What is 
My cross. See, we each have a cross. Everybody's got a cross. It's interesting, as I was studying this week, Acts chapter 20, before Paul was arrested and started this journey headed to Rome, he met with the elders from the church at Ephesus. They'd come down to visit with him. And Paul was talking about his future. And they were asking him, where are you going next? What are you going to do next? Paul said, I'm headed to Jerusalem. And they said, oh, I'm not sure it's a good idea for you to go to Jerusalem. The Jews want to kill you there. Paul said, I know that. Paul said, everywhere I go, this Holy Spirit is telling people, Paul has tribulation in front of him. If he goes to Jerusalem, it's not going to end well. But Paul says, that doesn't matter. I don't care about all the warnings. I know in my heart, a part of my cross is to go to Jerusalem and face my people there and tell them the truth about Jesus. Regardless of what happens, it means nothing to me. Acts 20, verse 24. Paul said, all those warnings, all those things that I hear from people, none of these things move me and I don't even count my life as dear to myself because I want to finish my race. His very words, I want to finish my race with joy and I want to complete the ministry which I've received from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask myself the question today, what is my cross? I look at the Apostle Paul and I ask myself, what is my cross? Paul wrote to the Colossian church. And in this letter that he wrote to the Colossian church, he mentions a guy by the name of Archippus. And he says, tell Archippus to take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. I mean, Paul, Paul's carrying his cross, but everywhere he goes, he's telling people, hey, I'm carrying my cross. You need to carry your cross. Tell Archippus, carry his cross. Don't lay it down. Doesn't matter what the pressures are. Carry your cross. Paul wrote to the young preacher Timothy, who he had mentored and placed in ministry. When he wrote 1 Timothy, the church was thriving, going well. It was an exciting time. When he wrote the second letter to Timothy, which is known as 2 Timothy, when he wrote that epistle, things had changed. Strong persecution had hit the church. The church at one time was thousands and thousands of people. It was thriving. It was booming. It was just a, a bustling place. But persecution hits the church. They're killing Christians because of their faith. The fringe people are running to hide. The church is under persecution. It's going underground. And all of a sudden, that big crowd of people that Timothy's used to is gone. And Timothy's facing some difficult times, even risking his own life. Paul says to him in 2 Timothy 4, verse 5, Timothy, be watchful in all things and endure the afflictions that come your way. Fulfill your ministry. He said, Timothy, don't stop carrying your cross. Finish strong. Finish what God has called you to do. Romans chapter 12, Paul wrote to the Roman church and he wrote to all the believers in the church 
in the same way that Jesus spoke to all the disciples and each one individually, Paul wrote to the church as a whole, but to each one individually. In Romans 12, he said this in verse 6, having then gifts that are different according to the grace, the gifts that God has given us, let us use those gifts. And he goes on to talk about those gifts, the grace that God puts in our life, the calling he places on us. Understand, if God calls you to do something, he'll grace you to do it. If God asks you to do a job, he'll give you the strength, the power, the gifts that you need to accomplish that job, to carry that purpose and that cross. Paul wrote to the church there in Rome, and th- this is what he said. If it's prophecy, if you're, if you're inspired by prophecy, then get out there and prophesy. Use your faith. Honor God. He said, if it's ministering and serving people, then get out there and serve people. If it's teaching, then teach the word. If it's encouragement, then get out there and encourage people. If you're blessed with finances and riches and a lot of stuff, he said, if your gift is giving, then get out there and give liberally and meet people's needs. He said, if it's leadership, if it's management, if it's structuring, get out there and lead with diligence. He said, if it's just mercy and you're so merciful to every need you see, get out there and with a cheerful heart, be merciful to people around you. He kind of covered all of us. He said, whatever your gift is, whatever your cross is, whatever God has given you to do, carry your cross. As I read through those verses, I'm reminded God gives us gifts for ministry which lead us to the cross He wants us to carry. And then he gives us a greater grace to carry our cross. What's my cross? What's your cross? Jesus said, if all God asked you to do is to give away a cup of cold water in my name, you'll never lose your reward, even if what you are called to do seems small. Even if your cross you think is insignificant, God says there's a reward in this world and in the world to come for what you do in my name. Carry your cross. Carry your cross. As I move into the last part of this message, I want to tell you, a little bit of a story from Scripture in John chapter 21. It's the story of Jesus, and he has an encounter with Peter. Remember, Jesus was arrested and taken away, and Peter followed at a distance, and he ended up denying the Lord. He was so embarrassed, he walked away, and he wasn't even hanging out with the disciples. He said, man, I'm going back fishing. I give up on this whole thing. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. And Jesus shows up after his resurrection and he'd met with his disciples once, but Peter wasn't there. But now he, he meets with them along the seashore with the fishermen and Peter's there in the group and Jesus has this conversation with Peter. And everybody knows the story. He begins to ask Peter three different times, Peter, do you love me? And of course, Peter's kind of stuttering and stammering his way through the conversation and 
You know, he's embarrassed. Jesus asked him three times, just like he denied Jesus three times. And I mean, Peter's on the hot seat. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, when you were young, you lived one kind of life. You lived however you wanted to live. You were impulsive. You were compulsive. You did whatever you wanted to do whenever you wanted to do it. But Peter, looking into your future, when you're old, you're going to lay down your life and die the same kind of death that I have died for you. Peter, I, I carried a cross for you. Now, you're going to carry a cross for me. And then he looked at Peter and said, Peter, follow me. Follow me. Follow my example. Carry your cross. Here's the interesting part of the story. Jesus is having this conversation with Peter. About that time, the apostle John walks by. And in verse 21 of John 21, Jesus looks over at John and points and says, well, what about him? What's he going to do? What do you want him to do? What about his life? What about his mission, his purpose, his cross? You're telling me I want to be a martyr and die. What about John? What about him, this man? What about him? It's amazing how we fall so often into the trap of comparison. We compare ourselves with other people. Even in the church, we fail to understand we can't really compare ourselves to other people because we have a different cross to carry. And Jesus said, Peter, you know what? If I want him to live until I return, that's none of your business. You just mind your own business and carry your own cross because it fits you. It fits you. No two people are the same. No two crosses are the same. I can't carry your cross and you cannot carry mine. God won't allow it and your cross won't fit my shoulders and my cross won't fit yours. I'm not graced to fulfill your calling and you're not graced to fulfill mine. God loves you so much. He designed a life just for you. He designed a cross that fits you. He gifts you. He graces you to be everything he's called you to be. And he says, carry your cross. As I was studying this week, I was reminded, I, I need to stop worrying about your cross. And I need to focus on my cross. You know, I think one of the reasons why we have a lot of bored Christians in the church, a lot of uncommitted Christians in the church, is because people have not continued to carry their cross. What's your cross? Are you carrying your cross today? Back in 1986, I had an encounter with God that really changed my life and began to shape my ministry. 
I was trying to learn as a young minister what it really meant to understand that I would never, I'd never find that real life God had for me until I could disown my old life and let God shape me. I was, I was trying to find that place in God, struggling with it. You know, before I tell the story, Jesus told a story about a rich young, or the Bible tells a story about a rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus began to call out some of the Ten Commandments. He didn't mention them all, but he mentioned a few of them. And the guy said, man, I've done all that since I was a kid. I've always been a good guy. I guess I, I'm ready for eternal life. Jesus said, one thing you lack, go sell all you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. You'll have treasure in heaven. Scripture says the rich young ruler walked away sorrowful, wouldn't follow Jesus because he had an old identity of wealth and fame. He just couldn't turn loose of it. As a young preacher, I was trying to find my identity in Christ. And I went to a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and this speaker got up and he spoke for probably 45 minutes or an hour. And when he finished, he finished with a question. He said, is there really anything worth dying for? And he went and sat down. Is there anything worth dying for? The pastor who was hosting the conference got up and walked to the pulpit and said, sir, I can't leave that hanging out in space. I've got to tell you, there's only one thing worth dying for, and that's the purpose for which you were born. I've come to realize there's only one thing worth living for. It's the purpose for which God created me. That I would carry my cross. You're never too young to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. I'm almost finished, so stay with me. You're never too young to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. I have a friend that I've known for, oh goodness, probably 47 years, maybe 48 years. I've known him a long time. When he was a boy... He was sitting in church one day, lived in the southern part of the U.S., and there was a guest speaker who was a major leader in his denomination's missionary program. He'd preached the gospel all over the world. And preaching in this church, he was telling the story of his life, how God had called him and God had used him. And he gave everything he had to God, and God gave him a life that he did things in his lifetime beyond anything he could have ever imagined. He gave an altar call that day and asked people to give their hearts to Jesus, and a lot of people responded. But at the very end of service, the pastor got up and said, we want to receive an offering for our guest speaker He's blessed us today. He's encouraged us and challenged us. We want to give him a good offering. So we're going to pass the offering plate, and I'm going to encourage you to give God what you've got to give today. They passed the plate, and this friend of mine was just, just a young boy. He was just a couple of rows back. And they passed the offering plate down his row, and when the plate came to him, he was so stirred about giving his life to Jesus. But he had no money. And he took the offering plate, and put it in the floor and then just stepped into the plate and said I'll give my life to Jesus 47 years later since I've known him many years beyond that for well over 50 years 
This man has traveled the globe and preached literally to millions of people. He's built churches. He's built hospitals. He's built orphanages. He's now involved in building shelters for human trafficking victims. All over the world, this man is known. Because when he was just a boy, Jesus said, I have a cross for you. He stepped into the offering plate and said, God, I'll give you my life. I'll lay down my old identity to be what you want me to be. What a life. He's lived an amazingly full life. But when he steps into eternity, he's got much more to come. You're never too young to pick up the cross and follow Jesus. On the other hand, you're never too old to pick up your cross. Our founding pastor, Roger Brewer, lived a life for 47 years doing his own thing, running from God, living a life of sin, and he wasn't ashamed of it at the time. At 47 years of age, he had an encounter with God and gave his life to Jesus. He went to Bible school for two years, came back to Temecula, began to lead a Bible study. And that Bible study became this church and what it is today. For 24 years, he led this church until he retired and he'd finished his mission. There's a man in our church who several years ago came to me and said, Pastor, I'm going to retire in a couple of years, and when I retire, I'm going to be at the church helping you. Whatever you need done, I'm going to do it. My thought was, yeah, yeah, I've heard those stories before. A couple of years later, this guy showed up one day at the office, and he said, I just retired. I'm ready to go to work. What can I do? And this, this guy, he's the most sweet, loving, kind guy you've ever met in your life, most humble man. And I said, well, right now, it's just odds and ends. He said, I want to do it. Point me to it. We began to give him jobs in the church, things that we didn't have staff to do. This guy started spending five, six days a week down here. Several months ago, we had to tell him to slow down a little bit because he's not a real young man. He's not old, but he's not real young. He was doing too much. And I'm going to tell you something. Nobody has had a greater influence on our staff in our church. And nobody does more to help spread the gospel than this man is doing in his retirement. You're never too old to pick up the cross and follow Jesus. I could go on and on and on. You've heard enough today. The question is, what is your cross? I want to pray for you today. I want to pray two prayers. I want to pray for those of you who know the Lord. I want to ask God to speak to your heart today. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you right now and we've heard your word. Our hearts have been challenged. You've got a cross, a mission, a purpose for each and every one of us. God, maybe some of us have stopped carrying the cross. Maybe some of us never laid down the old life completely. Maybe some of us have just been confused and didn't know what to do. But Father, I believe today you are here to speak to people's hearts. So right there in the privacy of their home, as they walk to a, a private place and a quiet place after this service is over, as they open their hearts and say, God, show me, show me my cross. God, show them 
the purpose for which you've created them. Lead them to that cross and then give them the grace to pick it up and carry that cross. God, I bow before you today and I ask you to grace my life to finish the race to which you've called me. That I can finish everything that you've called me to do. God, I surrender everything to you. I want your life, your cross for me. Then one more prayer. Maybe you're listening today and maybe you've heard this and you've been stirred and you're wondering, well, does does God have a, a life for me? Absolutely. And it all begins with us saying, God, I need you. We call it prayer. It's just words. It's just the words that we feel in our heart being expressed to God as a surrendering to him. Friend, God loves you so much. He put his own son on a cross to pay for your sins, to move out of the way what kept you away from him. And all he asked you to do is respond to him and accept his forgiveness for your life. And he'll walk you into a life that you'd never imagined, a life that's greater and richer than one you could ever build for yourself. But it begins right here with this prayer. I want to lead you in a prayer. And I ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. Father, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I accept Jesus as my Savior. And I choose Jesus become the Lord of my life. I want the life you've designed for me. So I lay down my old identity and I choose to follow you. Teach me your ways. From this moment forward, you are my father and I am your child. Thank you for receiving me. Amen you prayed that prayer it's the most important prayer you can ever pray in in your entire life but that's just the beginning of the relationship with God it's not the end God wants you to know him you need to learn his ways and there may be a lot to it God will be patient God will teach you he will teach you his ways one day at a time we want to give you a little tool it's our gift to you It's a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. It's just simple information that will help you start building a relationship with God. It will lead you into the life God has for you. It will show you how to carry the cross God's designed just for you. We want to give it to you. There are instructions there now on your screen how you can receive it. Please respond to us. There's no strings attached. We're not going to be bugging you tomorrow, asking you to do anything or give anything. We simply want to give this to you to help you get started walking with God. So God bless you. Please respond today. And then in closing, let me say God bless you. Thanks again for joining us this morning. Don't let this message, these words fall to the ground. Find a private place today and say to God, I want to carry my cross. Show me the way. I promise you, you pray that prayer with a sincere open heart. God will lead you into the best life you could ever imagine. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. And again, as we close today, thank you so much for your financial giving, supporting the church. Tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a service outdoors. It's a great time of of fellowshipping from a distance. It's a great time of worship. We're going to have a message from God's Word. You will enjoy tonight 
so very much. So join us tonight. God bless you. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or you rededicated your life, we want to say congratulations and welcome to God's family. We want to give you a free gift to help you start this new journey of faith. It's called The Next Seven Days. It's a simple tool, a small book to help you start your walk. And there's a couple of different ways that you can get it. If you are watching on Facebook, you can direct message us on Facebook or on Instagram with the words next seven. We'll reply and respond and give you this free gift. If you're watching on our website or on YouTube, just click the link right there in your feed and we will help you get started in this journey. We're so, so grateful. Congratulations. Welcome to God's family. Yeah, and we love spending Sundays with you, church family. Not just Sunday mornings online, though. We want to see you tonight at our outdoor yeah. service. So the whole family is welcome. It's going to be 6 p.m. outside. There'll be plenty of shade. It's going to be so much fun. Really, it's been the highlight of our week every it's single week. So don't miss it. We love you. We miss you guys. We'll see you tonight. Have a great week.